I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. On DAB Plus, online, via the Talksport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net on Talksport 2. Hello, how you doing? Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Chelsea put on a stunning performance, beating Arsenal 3-0 at Wembley yesterday with something special from Super Sam. Neupoltz. Kerr, has she stayed on side here? Yes, she has. Catley trying to get back at her. It's Kerr! Oh, it's wonderful! What a brilliant goal from Sam Kerr. Absolutely incredible chip in. The wind sealed a domestic treble for Emma Hayes' side. You know, as far as we're concerned, that's four domestic trophies, quadruple of domestic trophies, and that is a, an amazing achievement at any level in modern day football, at any level. And Talksport marks the 100 year anniversary of women's football being banned with a special documentary tonight. Well, we didn't really have any facilities for starters. We used to turn up in our kits, so you could take your kit home, and generally it was your own kit, um, what you'd bought or your mum and dad had bought you. All that, plus we'll look through some of the Conti Cup action, look ahead to the return of the WSL and UEFA Women's Champions League. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Good evening. Lovely to be a very special Monday because yesterday was just absolutely brilliant. My name's Shaban uh, and welcome along to Women's Football Weekly. Glad to say uh, that with us for the next hour is Women's Football Royalty. Hope Powell, Brighton and Hove Albion head coach. How are you? Hope you well? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for the royalty bit. I don't know about that. But, but thank no, you, you very are, because I'm a bit of a fangirl. And then I was just kind of doing my research tonight just before coming on, and I realised we have something fa- fascinating in common. It's, it's just very, very strange. Would you like to know what it is? Absolutely. We have the same middle name. Hope, Patricia Powell. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, we're, we're, we're going to go on at a house on fire with our Patricias absolutely. here. <laughs> uh, Hope, yesterday was absolutely excellent. Uh, I've been to so many wonderful women's football occasions. Um, but yesterday actually brought some emotion, I think, to, to the game. It was, it was excellent. And you've been part of four FA Cup finals. Uh, were you at the game yesterday, Hope? 
Sadly not. No, we, we, we actually had a friendly training match in preparation for our game at the weekend. Um, so I was listening to it on the radio mm-hmm. on the way home and managed to catch the second half live. Did it feel like there was a, a kind of difference in the air uh, for this FA Cup final in comparison to, to those in the years before? Yeah, I think so. There's been a lot of attention around uh, this final, obviously, especially with the two teams involved. Mm. Um, you know, the talent on display, unbelievable. You know, the whole occasion, the 50 years, the 100 years yeah. ban, and, and more importantly, at Wembley in front of a 40,000 spectators, a fantastic occasion. It was unbelievable. 1.3 million of us watching at home uh, as wow. well, avoiding the rain. Uh, let's listen back to how the Women's FA Cup final sounded on the Sunday session yesterday. What a start to the Women's <laughs> FA Cup final. We have a goal already here at Wembley. Frolo Hughes. It's Arsenal nil, Chelsea 1 and it's Fran Kirby. She scored in an FA Cup final before she scored today. It's a brilliant goal under pressure in the first couple of minutes of the game. Oh my word! That is high quality. What a finish to see that live. Something else and the blue flags are flying. Chelsea are going to win the FA Cup. Chelsea are going to do the quadruple. Absolute belter. Chelsea free up. Go Lord Hughes. I am just sitting here in disbelief, shaking my head. What a goal from Sam Kerr. I was hoping she was going to do the backflip. She did the knee slide instead. It was a brilliant goal. Melanie Leupold plays her in. And I think it's Steph Catley playing her onside, her Australian teammate. She's still got work to do. She's running in onto Zinsberger and she just looks up and says, I'm going to chip this over your head. And she does just that. What a brilliant goal. Chelsea now cruising to a third FA Cup. It's Arsenal nil, Chelsea three. Magdalena Eriksson, Chelsea captain, heading over with the FA Cup in her hands. What a day as well, 100 years from the anniversary of women's football being banned. And she lifts it into the air. Confetti and fireworks go off at Wembley. What a performance from Emma Hayes' Chelsea side. They have sealed a brilliant 2020-21 season with four trophies and a women's FA Cup at Wembley. London is blue and when the third goal went in, I thought we were simply purring. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. That was the highlights from yesterday's game at Wembley. Uh, the voice throughout that was our producer, our reporter, Flo Lloyd Hughes. Uh, Flo, I don't know about you. Now, I'm a bit of an emotional wreck anyway. Um, but yesterday when the girls came out, Martin Garrix was on, the pyros were pumping. I started crying and I thought, do I need a slap? Or was it just, did you feel that way? Or was that just me? Yeah, I, I, I certainly felt that way. I think I think there was something of a celebration around it. Um because we hadn't had an, an FA Cup final at Wembley with fans in a number of years and it felt like a real coming together of so many levels of the game. Obviously, we had so many old players there 
to mark that anniversary of not only the band, but also 50 years since the first FA Cup final. So there were lots of old old players there. And then I felt like there were lots of grassroots players there, mm-hmm. lots of people that I know from playing grassroots football, lots of fans there who hadn't seen each other in a very long time. It felt like an overall sort of like celebration of women's football with so many people coming together just to watch some of the best players in the world compete. And I just thought it was a brilliant day out for so many people. Yeah, it absolutely was. Hope Powell's with us as well tonight. Hope, let's start um, on Arsenal and just and where it all went wrong. What was your thoughts on that? Um, I, I think the early goal probably was unexpected um, and it got a bit nervy from there on. Um, it sounded like in the first half, certainly they had quite a bit of possession but couldn't penetrate in the final yeah. third. I think you have to give some credit to Chelsea, stoic defending, um, and, you know, Chelsea actually should have had more mm-hmm. than three goals, but clinical at the other end and just Arsenal just didn't find their rhythm. You know, that for want of trying, certainly in the final third, they found it very, very difficult. Yeah, it just wasn't getting there. And just while we're on that subject, it could have been easily uh, 6-0 because I think Chelsea hit the woodwork three times. Uh, credit to Manuela Zinsberger from, from Arsenal because she did have a brilliant game and goal despite the scoreline. Yeah, it sounded like that. Certainly, um, as I said, the first half I was listening to it on the radio mm. and... You know, it was Zinberger saves. It, you know, there was a lot of action in and around her penalty box, but she she did ever so well to to keep uh, Chelsea at bay. But but sadly, um, you know, it was it was a matter of time. Yeah. Certainly, when you've got firepower like Frank Kirby and you know Sam Kerr up front, it, it's inevitable if they get that many chances, they're going to take more. Yeah, and yesterday was the the Kirby show, uh, as they're calling it. I mean, they were absolutely out of this world. And um, I know you didn't get to see it on the telly, but both of those players and the rest of the Chelsea team hope it seems like they all just stepped up to the occasion. They were ready. They were not going home without that trophy. Um, do you feel that possibly nerves might have gotten the better of some of the of some of the Arsenal women, perhaps with the audience and and just such a difference in terms of the stage? Well, most all of those players are seasoned internationals. I think possibly the early goal, the unexpected early goal. You know, I, I, I probably believe that Arsenal were going into that game as favourites, given what happened early in the yeah. season. I think Chelsea wanted to right a wrong and came out on the front foot. And, and Arsenal just couldn't manage their tempo and their pace, certainly up front. Even though they had a lot of possession, it... it it ran away with them in the final third. And as I said before, that's probably credit to, to Chelsea's good defending. Um, and one, once Chelsea obviously scored, you know, they're, they're then trying to get themselves back in the game, Arsenal. And, you know, the foul, firepower up front, as I said, mm. um, you know, a lot of chances. Sooner or later, those chances are going to go in. Do you feel hope, um, and I know this isn't any kind of shade at any, any manager, um in the league, but do you think Jonas Edeval maybe got it wrong tactically yesterday? That's easy to say, isn't it? After the fact, had he have won, you'd probably say the same about Emma Hayes. But I think you know he put his what he considered his best starters out. He switched uh, Beth Mead to the left. She started on the right. Um, so he made a few changes. Brought on Ibabuchi. Made some substitutions. I think just on the day, you have to give Chelsea some credit. They were absolutely on fire yesterday. And and overall, when the goals matter, they scored the goals and end up 
eventual winner. So I think it's a little bit harsh to say he got it wrong. Mm. Um, his first occasion, the players, there's enough talent in that side. I just think on the day, Char- uh, Chelsea were just the dominant force. Yeah, they were the better team yesterday, hands down. Uh, that's what happened. I want to ask you about that, um, you know, with with him switching Beth Mead, you know, to the right and the left and changing Kate McCabe and Catley. Um, with the red and blue sign, he, he had this red sign and a blue sign that he kept holding up. This is Jonas at certain points of the game when he was making those changes. And, you know, everyone um, in the kind of family frenzy, they were going, oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Um, when he shows that kind of frustration where he has to hold up his actual, um, you know, signs, you know, a visible f- sign for all the fans to see, what do you think that means? Does that show the pressure was really on? Um, I didn't see it, so I don't actually know what happened. Um, but obviously, are you saying that he wanted to give some instructions to his players? Yeah, yeah it was instruction to make that change right. to switch Beth to the to the other side. Well, like an A4 card point. with blue one side and red the other side, and he held up the red side and he looked proper raging. <laughs> and then they all kind of made the formation change. Well, I think if that's the way he communicates to his players, that's the job of the coach to try and get the best out of your team. I think, Mm. you know, he has to be given some credit that, you know, things aren't working. He then decides to make those subtle changes. Uh, Beth Mead then goes on on the left and Mm. it appeared that she had a lot more joy. So, you know, credit to him. That's their their strategy. That's that's the philosophy they want to use in getting those messages on. Um, and if that worked, then, you know, it, it's great, isn't it? I mean, mm. that, that that's for him to decide as a coach. Um, last last season, Hope, uh, Chelsea were on their run of form as always and Brighton were the team to stop them. I think it was like 20 games unbeaten, something like that. What is the secret to breaking them down? Well, I can't tell you that. <laughs> they're going to face them again. Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, on the day, obviously, we, ha- we had a bit of luck, you know, make no mistake about that. They are uh, uh, rich in depth with players. Every player is an international of, of top quality. For us on that day, it was just about being very, very hard to beat, very, very well organised. And you hope that you get a bit of luck on the day. Um, They scored within five minutes um, and we managed to to show some really good character and and really fight and, you know, get something out of the game. A little bit of luck and a little bit of hanging on for dear life against a team that are very, very good. Unfortunately for us, at a time when we needed points on the board, we, we, we got that win. Um, you know, it, somebody had to do it, and I was just pleased it was Brighton. Yeah, it, it was brilliant. I remember it was such a highlight last season, just to right, Brighton stop them. It happened. Can you do it again this season? Well, that's the aim. We've we played them once already. We, we sadly lost 3-1, but, you know, our aim is to, to try and be better with every mm-hmm. game we play. Um, you know, we know the, the calibre of, of players that we're up against when you play the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal. Um, we're trying to build something, be better every week, every day. So that's what we're striving for. And we, we've got to play them again. And hopefully we, we get a bit of luck on the, the day again. And you never know. OK, well, we're going to look forward to all that very, very soon. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. That voice there is the legend Hope Pebble. My name's Shabana Hearn and this is Women's Football Weekly. And coming up, we're going to hear from the winning and losing managers at Wembley. 
Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Hope you're well tonight. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to the women's game. My name's Shaban. In for Faye Carruthers for the next wee while. Brighton and Hove. Albion head coach Hope Powell is with us tonight until 8 o'clock as well. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, simply download the TalkSport app and um, you can find our podcast there. Download it today. Um, by the way, I've just done a little um, Insta post for you there, Hope. Now, Hope, yes, in fact, last week it was announced, like, it was a big deal. <laughs> you've you've joined Instagram, so I've went on and I've followed you, and you've only put up one post, and you've got, like, more followers than I'll ever have in my <laughs> in my life. Um, so I need you to do me a favour and repost my post, um, and if, to follow Hope as well on Instagram, it's at Hope Powell Official. But you need to post more Hope. Oh, that's because I don't know what I'm doing, so... <laughs> Um, I will try. You will have try. some of the best player uh, posters in the game work for Brighton and Hove Albion and play with yeah. you, play every day so they can give you some tips. Uh, and then you'll yeah. become addicted like the rest of us. Before we know it, you'll be doing dances on TikTok, I'm sure of it. Um, OK, so let's hear from both of our managers now after that memorable match at Wembley yesterday. First, here's Arsenal head coach Jonas Edeval. He said his side dropped too deep and allowed Chelsea too many chances. In the first half, they uh, they create some scoring opportunities from structured open play, just because we are dropping too late and not able to press the uh, the player with the ball. And in second half, it's down to us losing the ball at very very poor times and and then being exposed. And uh, that you have to give to Chelsea that the players that they have up front, if they get time and space and uh, and run against you, uh, they're world class players and you can't let Chelsea do that that many times like they did today against us and expect a good result. Jonas Edeval there. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes was full of praise, of course, for her side, especially superstar forwards Fran Kirby and Sam Kerr. I thought that was Fran's best game in a Chelsea shirt. I thought she ran the show. I thought she got on the ball in dangerous situations. She thread uh, Sam in on numerous occasions, but also herself was a real threat, a real handful throughout the game. I think Sam Kerr, so many wondered how she would cope in the English game. As far as I'm concerned, she's the best striker in the world. And she displayed that today when it really mattered. She's courageous. She's full of confidence. She can do that off the back after getting off a plane from Sydney, Australia on Thursday. She's a superb athlete, an amazing human. Um, And they are two of many, many characters in this dressing room that are worthy and noteworthy for their performances today. Emma Hayes there, sounding chuffed a bit. You don't expect anything less. Hope Powell uh, is with us tonight as well until 8 o'clock. Hope, just reflecting on some of the things that Emma Hayes said there, obviously credit to her strike partnership, who are unstoppable. Do you think Sam Kerr is the best striker in the world? Um... Well, she she made a slow start, actually, when she came um, into this league and and it took a bit of time for her to get going. Um, And I think there there were a few question marks around it, certainly not with Emma and certainly not with herself, but but she took some time to adjust. Um, Now she's found her way and she is prolific, absolutely Mm. prolific. Is she the best in the world? I think... That that's a debate between her and Vivian Miedemar, to mm. be honest. I, I, I rate they're both very different, um, both world class, and on their day, equally are exceptional finishers. I just think on on the day, Cup final down Sunday, that that Sam Kerr 
obviously was prolific in front of goal. Yeah. Actually, she missed a couple. She should have had more, actually. Yeah, I think um, she hit the bar but, twice and um, a couple of shots just went wide, but she, she was yeah. outstanding yesterday. And when you do look at, like you say, between um, Kerr and Viviana Miedema and both being on the same pitch yesterday, it just shows you when it's your day and when it's not. Absolutely. And, and you know, when it matters, the, the, the very best perform, um, you know, and Sam Kerr did. So credit, credit to her. I'd also like to talk about Emma Hayes at the end of her press conference yesterday. She said, "When the when the third goal went in, I was simply putting." Now, hope I don't know if I don't know if you know what that reference meant, but in his pre-match press conference, Jonas Edeval said that he's superstitious when it comes to black cats. If a black cat runs out in front of him, he would see that as bad luck. And if Emma Hayes wanted to get at him, she 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 should just you know put loads of black cats outside London Coney training ground. She came out yesterday in this post-match press conference saying she was putting, um, and some of the players were seeing it as a little bit of beef. What do you think about that? Well, I'm I'm sure it's done in all good fun and good humour. Um, you, you know, if that's the way she feels, if that's the way he feels, then it's between the two of them. But I'm sure just a bit of banter. And just a bit good, good bit of humour at the end of what was a very, very entertaining game. It was, but I really look forward to a little bit of manager beef. You know, I like to hear that in post-match press conferences. I encourage it. I would like to see you do that as well. As well actually, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> any superstitions, by the way, Hope? Have you got any superstitions on match day? No, not at all. No. And over the years, I think people would expect that I'd have some, but absolutely not. I just go there, hope that the preparation's gone well, hope that we, you know, can put on a performance and try and win a game. So no no superstitions at all. Doesn't blink twice when she sees a black cat. And funny enough, actually, in Glasgow, or at least in my family, I know when you see a black cat, I think it's good luck. So either myself or Jonas have got it mixed up. Uh, either way, it didn't work out for him and it was bad luck for Arsenal yesterday. Could that be the same looking ahead to Thursday uh, at the Emirates? Of course, against Barcelona, we're going to talk about that soon, but it's time to to look ahead now to this weekend's Women's Super League with Now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18+. plus. Stream via internet. Terms apply. So coming up this Saturday for you at half past 11 on Now, it's Reading against Chelsea. Hope, I think this is one of those games where you think might be a little bit of a sitch, you know, for Chelsea. But do we think with Champions League coming up this Thursday, winning the FA Cup at the weekend, they might have a little bit of a hangover and Reading could upset the apple cart? Um, I doubt Emma would accept that, actually. <laughs> and and I, I think they've got enough depth in their squad to put out a side that certainly, you know, could challenge Reading. Reading are on a, a, a bit of a high. They're... they're obviously beat us uh, a few weekends ago um so it's going to be an interesting one there could be a slight hangover as you said from uh, the FA Cup Champions League coming up but Emma Hayes will not I'm sure use that as any reason to doubt her players and and to expect nothing less than uh, you know a really good performance yeah it's just with Reading sometimes they are the team to just stop uh, other teams in their tracks and just, you know, manage even to get a draw. Would that be very disappointing for Chelsea? Disappointing for Chelsea, but elation for Reading, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure. You know, they, they, they played well very well against us. Um, a tricky side, well-organised, um, and have some really good firepower up front. And, you know, they'll certainly be going 
into the game trying to get something out of it without a doubt so it should should be an interesting contest I think you talk about uh, Chelsea's bench as well they're just they're just littered with talent um one of those sitting on the bench actually just now got our first start for the club just a couple of weeks ago is Lauren James are you looking yeah. forward to seeing more of Lauren feature Yes, as long as she doesn't play against us, I'll be, I'll be happy. <laughs> I think she is a, a really, you know, good young talent. You know, arguably one of the best I've seen in a while, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to see her perform when she's fully fit should be really interesting, see how she copes with that. I think she's been riddled with injury, even when she was at Man United. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she can get keep herself fit, injury-free, I think we're going to see a really, really good young player going forward. Yeah, you just want to now see more of her feature. You're right, you know, last season there was the injuries he didn't need as well. And such an exciting move to Chelsea. I want to see uh, that all come to fruition soon. So fingers crossed she, she stays fit. Let's talk about Arsenal against Leicester. That's also on this Sunday at 6.45pm kickoff. Um, similar story for Arsenal. They've got Champions League this week. Big game just at the weekend gone. And then Sunday football as well will they be tired will they be down in the dumps do you think um no I doubt they'll I think they'll want to right some wrongs of the, of the FA Cup final as another team that are full with of talent international talent on their bench mm-hmm. um Leicester struggling as, as yeah. we know but just just changed the manager some experienced coaches in there now got a good Good results um, on Sunday against Man United, turned them over in the Conti Cup. Um, so for them, it, it's about trying to get something, you know, some points on the ball to ensure that they stay in the league. It's going to be very tough for them. And I think Arsenal will want to, you know, shake off some of those cobwebs from the weekend. So it, it's going to be tricky for Leicester. Um you know, and an opportunity, I guess, for Arsenal to right some wrongs. Okay, that's all coming up for you this weekend. And that was a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with Now. Don't forget, with a Now Sports membership, you can stream the Women's Super League, including Reading against Chelsea and Arsenal against Leicester City. It's live this weekend on Sky Sports without a contract. All you have to do is search Now Sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus, stream via internet, terms apply. And coming up, we're going to chat through some of the Conti Cup action from this weekend and look ahead to the return of the Women's Champions League. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Monday evening, how are you? Monday evening, by the way, means one thing. Succession, new episode tonight when I go home. Best show on the telly. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Shabana Hearn. Hope Powell, Brighton manager, with us until 8 o'clock tonight as well. Hope, how are things so far? Are you enjoying the show? Very much so. Good, I still haven't noticed my repost though, which is um, which is upsetting for me. <laughs> we need to get someone in there quick to help you with your Instagram. <laughs> I will do. I'll, I'll I'll work on it. I'll be better next time for sure. <laughs> um, speaking uh, of Succession, by the way, have you seen any of that show yet? Fantastic. Oh. I recommend it. Very good. It is brilliant. Very do you know good. In fact, uh, Emma Hayes was talking about that in our post-match press conference as well. There's a guy who works in here called Gordon Smart. You may have heard of him. He's absolutely excellent. He's a Scottish guy. And uh, he put a post up recently when he used to work for Rupert Murdoch. And it's obviously all based around, well, loosely based around Rupert Murdoch. And he said it's like watching a documentary. It's that true to life and his experiences uh, working with the family. It just blows my mind. It's the best show on telly. But wait, make sure you listen to us first before you go watch it. Uh, Hope, let's reflect on some of the Conti Cup games. Games, uh, which took place over the weekend as well. Everton won Durham nil. Uh, Everton, of course, they've just had their new manager, Jean-Luc Vasseur, come in. That's three wins for him now. Are you seeing a, a change of the tide for him? Um, yes, I think so. I, I think they, they um, you know, had a very different squad over the summer, brought a lot of new players in, um, and they're probably just starting to gel. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think their their squad is a very good actually. I just think it they just need a bit of time and then you know you'll you'll start seeing the true Everton, which is starting to happen now. Um yeah, good good side and it? it's starting to work out for him. Do you think um had Willie Kirk managed to hold on to his job there, it would have gelled anyway, or do you think it, it, they they did need a new manager? My honest opinion, yes, I think it would have gelled. Um, oh. You know, I thought really disappointed for him um, that he wasn't given more time uh, with a very, very new squad, eight new players, eight or nine new players. Yeah. So that, that you know, would take a little bit of time that unfortunately he didn't get. So I think, you know, it's now bearing fruit now and they're starting to uh, get some success. Well, he was the first of three managers uh, to lose their jobs in the WSL within three weeks. Like you say, bad things comes in threes. And it was the first game in charge for Leicester City manager Lydia Bedford. And it was a good one as well because Leicester went on to win against Manchester United 4-3 on penalties. Um, what is it? Do you know anything about Lydia? Have you worked with her before? I know Lydia. Um, she worked at the FA. Um, I, know, I know her assistant very well. Brent Hills has gone in there to assist her, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. appointment that she made, that, that experience, that level head. Um, am I surprised? No, not really. I, I expect that they'll pick up points. Um, you know, she, she's a talented young coach and I think she'll do very well. Manchester United, are you disappointed with them so far this season? I know you'll be happy because you're, of course, ahead of them on the table, but are, are you disappointed with their form? Um, 
I hope that that well, you know, they're a good side. They've got a lot of good players. Yeah. And again, they've got a new manager, um, you know, his philosophy, a bit different to cases. And again, it, it takes a bit of time to bed in. Um, I just hope that doesn't come this weekend because obviously yeah. we're playing them. But that, again, <laughs> a, a team full of talent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Aston Villa 7-0 over Sunderland. A very comfortable performance from them. Uh, again, changes in the in the summer transfer window for Aston Villa. New manager coming in for Carla Ward, uh, coming in from Birmingham. Uh, do you think they can do some more damage this season? Um... Yeah, I mean that we lost to them this this season. I think they're a tidy outfit. Got got some very good experience. Got some bright young talent coming through. Um, you know, it's a big club, big prospects. Um, they're they're really doing well at the moment, and it's all to play for. I think that sort of lower half of the league, outside generally what you would consider the top three. Mm. Um, those games are generally quite close and quite often I'll, I'll include ourselves in that, um, you know, playing against Aston Villa Reading, you know, Leicester, it's they're really, really tight games. I think it just shows you the level of the league. There are really no easy games and you'll win some and you'll lose some. Mm. And if it's about picking up points, you know, and trying to stay in this league, which is very, very challenging and very tough. You are at the moment sitting in third place with 15 points. Um, just, you know, we're going to look ahead to Champions League in just a second, but there's a very strong possibility that, that Brighton could make it to Champions League next season. Do you think that can happen? It's a long way to go. You know, make no mistake, it's early days in, in the season. A lot of games ahead of us, a lot of tough games ahead of us. I think what we're just trying to do is get points on the board, um, you know, be better than we were the week before, you know, try and progress up the league, keep looking up and keep building on really good foundations and, and hopefully finish higher certainly than we did last season. And and that's the ambition. If we finish third, then wow. Yeah. But it's still a long way to go. You know, we, we, we're not getting carried away. We're just trying to play each game as it comes. Yeah. And producer Flo just makes a very valid point there. You know, if it, it wow, you know, if you guys finish third, qualify for Champions League, it can also be hard on the squad as well. You know, when it comes to the depth of the squad playing football at that level. Yeah, you know, you, you've got the likes of uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, and you see the depth in their their teams. It's needed because of the Champions League. They're in every cup, they're in every final, so you need that depth going forward. Um, you know, we're not quite there yet. That's the ambition of the club. That's certainly my ambition. Um, and it's really exciting times for us at Brighton, but we, we want to just keep doing well, mm -hmm. keep points on the board. And as I said, keep looking up. For, forgive me for not actually knowing the answer to this, but um, if you do qualify for Champions League, do, does the club get more money to, to invest in more players in the transfer window? Good question. Let's ask them that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know like we're, we're not look we're not looking ahead of ourselves really you know we're we're just at, at the moment we're in third we want to stay as high at the table as we can um and then we go from there okay fingers crossed you should be a politician you dodged that well <laughs> let's talk about uh, the upcoming champions league games uh wednesday night it's chelsea against juventus so much football for chelsea that's at eight o'clock it was 2-1 to chelsea and turin um it was a close game um what do you think will happen from this one um yeah home soil for 
Chelsea, I, I think Joe's done really well with Juventus. Um, he's got some good results in the Champions League. I think they'll be looking to win. I think it will be close, mm-hmm. um, very competitive. Um, Chelsea at home, big advantage for them, just coming off the back of success. So they're on a real high at the moment. So I, it's going to be a competitive fixture. I think Chelsea will probably edge it. Do you know, I'm really getting ahead of myself as well and thinking about the next time that Chelsea play Barcelona, you know, have they learned from the mistakes? Can they march Barca, you know, match Barcelona's incredible style of play? And obviously we're just looking ahead to Arsenal-Barcelona on Thursday. It was 4-1 to Barcelona in the first group game. Um, but Barcelona are so hard to beat. Do you think Chelsea's team now could beat Barcelona in the future? Are you a Chelsea fan? No, I'm an, Ars- I'm, I'm an Arsenal women fan. <laughs> You sound like a Chelsea I'm fan. Just, I, to I me. just, I'm a glory hunter. That's what I do. <laughs> Hope I just go with the winners, right? <laughs> well, I, I think if you look at Barcelona, what an awesome outfit they are. I mean, they they beat Arsenal very, very convincingly. I, I watched that yeah. game and I was actually, um, you know, really surprised yeah. at the quality. I mean, we've played against Arsenal, and you know, they're they're a top team on their day, and we really struggled and. When I saw Arsenal really struggle against Barcelona, Barcelona and, of course, Chelsea struggle against yeah. them in the final, I think it just shows what class they are, you know, on the ball, you know, runs off the ball, their movement, you know, their calmness, their technical ability is, is something to be admired. The next round of games now, I think, certainly Arsenal, they've experienced that before. I think they'll be better prepared. I think we'll see a different game. Um, and if if Chelsea end up playing them, you know, somewhere along the line, um, I think Chelsea will also be better prepared and it will be a different game. Yeah, I mean, I really want to see that. I wish I could see that in the future now uh, and find mm. out how that all plays out. But Arsenal against Barcelona this Thursday, it's going to be at the Emirates. Uh, so get behind your team. Uh, they're going to be here. Uh Right here on your doorstep, go and see them. Um, it's going to be an absolutely brilliant game, aiming to sell 10,000 tickets to that one as well. Uh, and that would really boost Arsenal's confidence if they could get a win or even get a draw against Barcelona. One other thing I hope I want to ask you about, there's been so much happening in the past week that it's easy to forget some of the, the big stories from the international break. Uh, and one of those was England's scoreline against Latvia being 20 nil. Uh, what was your thoughts on that? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it just really highlights the disparity between associations, actually. Um, I think you have to give England credit, you know, they should go out and score goals. They should be unforgiving. They should just keep scoring. They should beat whoever's in front of them. And if it means 20 nil, so be it. Um, yes, on, on the flip side of that, for, for those Latvian players, um, you know, it's a bit crushing. Yeah. But I must say, in all of that, I think sometimes it could help because then I really believe that the associations then look at that and go, actually, we need to invest more. We need yeah. to do better for, for women's football. We need to put strategies in place to help the growth of the game. Mm. And I'm hoping as a result of that, that heavy, heavy defeat, Latvia, the association might look at themselves and go, actually, we need to do to do better. Mm-hmm. I think it just highlights the disparity. You know, England have really invested over the years. When I first got the, the, the England job, when I played, I, we lost 8-0 to Norway. Wow. And because of that, 
because of that, we we got more investment, more money, and I was able to to build things, you know, put things in place that could help develop and grow the game. Um, so out of the the bad result for Latvia, I'm hoping that some good will come of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. It is. It's, it, a lot of it comes down to investment. The more money that comes in, the better players are going to come in, the better facilities that are going to come in. Uh, it's a, no, a no-brainer, really. And some people are going, oh, 20 now, what's the point? But England were representing the best they possibly can. And uh, I'm sure Latvia did the best that they could as well. Uh, just uh, also on the final point, when it comes to England and Arsenal, Hope, um, do you think Leah Williamson was a big miss to the squad yesterday and will be possibly for England if her injury gets any worse yes I think she was a big miss uh on Sunday um you know she's she's really grown and developed as a player brings that level of calmness uh that was definitely missing at the back for Arsenal so that was really unfortunate for them um Long term, you know, I don't know how bad her injury is. Um, hopefully she, she's back soon and mm-hmm. more importantly, fit and healthy for the Euros. Um, and if she's not, I think, yes, it will be a miss for England. Absolutely. I think you're right, Ben, when it comes to the composure at the back line as well. I think Leah Williamson, now that she's not been playing for Arsenal, there's definitely a bit of ballsiness missing. You know, she does bring that confidence. It's all written over her face that she's ready to to play the best she can. And, and that was a shame that that was missing yesterday. Uh, so, yeah, we wish her a speedy recovery and I think she will be back in a couple of months. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Shabana Hearn. Hope Powell is with us as well. And next, we're going to be focusing on the 100-year anniversary of the ban on women's football and a special TalkSport feature. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn. She's around the goalkeeper and has rolled it in. Talk Hope you're having a lovely Monday. Hope you had a brilliant weekend as well. It was absolutely lashing down. The weather was ridiculous. But hope you had a good one. You listen to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. My name's Shabana Hearn. Hope Powell with us tonight as well. Now, to mark the 100-year anniversary of the FA banning women's football with a series of special packages being played throughout the day, Talk Sport looked at the journey women's football has been on since the 1921 ban. Uh, the difficulties the sport has faced and we also heard from some of those within the game who have helped to implement change as the sport looks to reach new heights. Current Manchester City and England captain Steph Houghton recalls the poor facilities she had to deal with when she started out in her career at Sunderland. With the ban lasting 50 years before it was overturned in 1971, the women's game could finally prosper. And Dr Gary James feels Patricia Gregory deserves a huge amount of respect. Enormous credit needs to go to Patricia Gregory and all those that were involved because the FA just, we're not going to change it. The FA, we're not going to change anything. So it was down to pressure from the women involved, the women who played, the women who demonstrated that. Um, you know, the media coverage at the time wasn't really supportive. It was inappropriate, totally wrong. But that's the way society was at this time. So those women had to fight. Despite the overturning of the ban, former Chelsea and Tottenham defender Eartha Pond recalls the difficulties she faced when she started playing. Well, first we had to pay to play. But then things like kit, time of training, like we used to have the last slot on the pitch to like 10pm at night. You had every other age group before and the five 
eight, tens, and then, oh, the women can have it at the end. Um, and then the quality of pitches. I think waterlog was just part of what we, what we did anyway. And, and, I, and sometimes I compare the, the quality of football that we see now, the football we were seeing back in the day on those rough pitches were just as good. So imagine if they had the opportunity to play on the carpets that they, they have now. Manchester City and England captain Steph Houghton remembers receiving the men's team's hand-me-downs when she had started out in her career. Well, we didn't really have any facilities for starters. We used to turn up in our kit, so you, you take your kit home and generally it was your own kit, um, what you'd bought or your mum and dad had bought you. Old hand-me-downs from the first team men. Um, so pretty much whatever you get your hand on, obviously boots and stuff, you'd probably get one boot one pair of boots for the season and you'd have to make them last. So the difference is as massive. It is ridiculous in terms of how lucky we are now. Significant progress has been made in women's football over the years and former footballer turned author Gail Newsham saw the 2012 Olympics as the turning point. I think London 2012 changed everything for women's football because that was the first time, certainly in this country, that we had a nationwide audience, never mind the global one, and since, since London 2012, we've come on, you know, leaps and leaps and bounds. And, and then we only have to see the coverage that they get in now. You know, we've got, it's, it's on nearly every week on the television now. We've got some fantastic pundits, haven't we? Rachel Brown Finnis, what a great last she is. Casey Stoney as well. I mean, I think she's amazing. Got so much respect for these people. The ban was overturned 50 years ago. However, women's football historian Jean Williams believes its impact is still felt today. I was a panel for one of the big football governing bodies. They were asking about the commercial value of women's football. And um, some of the language that was being used was that, you know, women's football is in its infancy, it's in its adolescence, it's in its, it's a maturing market. And all of those are really ways of infantilising women's football. Uh, Women's football has been around for about 150 years. We need to lose this idea of kind of endlessly comparing it with men's football. Women's football has significantly developed in recent years and progress has been made. But what about the future of the game and the next generation? There is still plenty of work to be done. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Doing that package actually taught me so much that I didn't know uh, about the ban, uh, about all the the women and and the people behind things being overturned and just striving towards equality. Um, and you can find a podcast version of this special feature on our Talksport app. It's a very very easy app to manoeuvre uh, and press the podcast icon and you can find it in there uh, Hope Powell from Brighton and Hove Albion is with us tonight Hope just listening back to that um, and all of your experience with England uh, being a player a manager um, do you think the end you know marking 100 years since the end of the ban you must credit yourself partly to how far the game's come um, yeah I've been heavily involved in it as have a lot of other people, um, you know, to really try and enforce change, make the game better, not only for for this present generation, but the next generation. Um, and I, I feel very privileged and lucky, actually, that I, I was able to influence it in some way. Yeah. Um, some of the stories you, you hear about that, that Steph spoke about, and I think it was Earth Pond, was it, speaking? Yeah. Yeah. Um, about paying to play. Yes, I've done that. Um 
we trained on concrete when I played for England we had the men's kit um I remember having conversations with Umbro about you know cutting the kit so we could have a, a kit fitted so oh gosh. you know that changed the the boots there were no sponsorship deals back then you know as, as I think Steph said one pair would last you a season in my day it was one pair would last you two seasons I mean I think a lot of people have worked so hard you know players administrators uh, coaches everybody's been involved in 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 enforcing and helping the game change and ultimately um where it is today so I think a lot of credit has to go to a lot of people over the years um you know and yeah. be thanked really for for the game we have today and and the, the quality that's displayed it's brilliant one of the turning points for so many people was the Olympics 2012 you were the manager then um is that say your fondest memory what what is your fondest memory um, definitely. Um, the Olympics was absolutely an unbelievable experience. One I didn't actually want to do, so I'm so glad I did. <laughs> um, you know, and qualifying for, for sort of the first World Cup after 12 years. So I had so many wonderful memories with, with England and, you know, the privilege of doing that job. Why didn't and you want to do it, Hope? Sorry to interrupt, I just, why did you not want to take that um, job? Because every, you know, every year there was a tournament, it was always something, you know, every summer I was away traveling with all, all the squads and the Olympics for me is just about sitting in front of the telly and (laughs) watching every sport that's, you know, the random sports, everything. Um, And that's what I was used to, but I'm so pleased that I was persuaded to do it. Um, It's a fantastic event. And, and really privileged to do it. See, yesterday when I got off at Wembley Park and I was walking up towards Wembley uh, and there were so many families, so many young girls in their Chelsea strips and their Arsenal strips uh, with their mums and dads and their pals all excited and it made me think of the Euros in England next next summer. Um, that would be a huge spectacle to fill out Wembley. Do you think that can happen? Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's enough lead in time. I think... Um, the women's game now is it is a natural thing to watch, a natural thing to watch on TV, to go and go and see live, um, and it's a real family occasion. Um, and certainly in the summer months as well, the lighter evenings, I think mm. that will all add to it, and that will want to and will attract young fans and old fans to, to, to be fair. I think it's going to be a fantastic spectacle. And I know we're going to go big for it here in Talk Sport because, you know, I think about Euro breakfast all last summer. The whole station was branded for the Euros and I, I hope it's the same uh, for the women this time around as well because at the end of the day, it's football and you get behind your country. I hope, Pebble, thank you so much. I could speak to you all day. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on tonight. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, fantastic. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And good luck this weekend as well. Thanks to Bradley Hayden. Thanks to producer Flo as always. And for you guys for listening. And if you want to listen again, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.